0: Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything, Mr. Curiosity. All right, I am Mr. Curiosity, another episode free for your ear canal. And uh, I may sound different today because I had this case of bronchitis and I'm still congested, even though I'm getting better, but I can't hear myself speak fully like I normally would. And that makes my guest happy. I can tell he's enjoying my pain. What did you say, Joe? I can't hear what you're saying, mate.
1: <laughs> you're oh, <cold>. yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I want, and I want to Sorry, remind you, don't make me laugh too hard because that makes me cough. I was yeah. saying, well, we're <laughs> very, a good distance apart here, so I think I'm safe. <laughs> and if you're thinking, I hear an Englishman, it's Paul Epson!
1: Oh, yes, dun, dun, an Now, well, listen, listen, I've been here 32 years, and I've been in England, well, I was in England for 30 years, so what does that make me, man?
0: Well, Wait a minute. That tells me two things. So, yes, half and half. Half and half, yep. But also, I didn't realize you were that old. Not that that's that old. You look fantastic. I'll even say sexy. You'd be very kind, yeah. I'll even say (laughs) sexy. So, it's Paul Epson. You know him from, um, well, a couple things. Number one, he's our home and backyard guy, he's on the show every week. uh, But we're going to get into the other things like you have this business. In the area, you've been there for decades, too?
1: Oh, a long time, yeah. yeah.
0: So we'll get to all that later. I want to start off with way back in 1954?
1: Now you're making me too old there. Oh, 56 I, is when I was
0: born. Okay, I thought you said... Uh,
1: okay, so you're exactly 10 years old. I'm I, I am 63. 63, gotcha. Oh, 64 this year in October. I
0: guess I misheard you half and half. So it's 1956, and a baby is born where?
1: I was born in central London. Now, I used to say... I was born People always say Where were you born? Central London where? We're in Central London I used to say Next to London Zoo But no one knows Where London Zoo is I was going to say I don't know What is the closest landmark It's kind of a funny one because, because You remember the Beatles Abbey Road album? Yes You remember they're going Across what they call A, a zebra cross- crossing It's a walk You know yes. Strike walkway They're all walking Across that Yeah I was born 100 yards Up the road well, wait, wait back up I thought that What they're crossing Is Abbey Road that is Abbey Road.
0: And then you're saying, what is there next to it?
1: This- uh, the hospital. The hospital of St. John's and Elizabeth. St. And you were Elizabeth. right there? Right there. Up not, until- not when they recorded. That was 1956. No, no, no. I'm talking about you were
0: there, living there up until you <laughs> no, I wasn't there. I
1: was born there. Oh, okay, born so there. let's not See, get too we're, 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 the, the story- I lived out in the sticks up North London then, which is a, a, a stain on my thing. Because a, a North Londoner and a South Londoner, a Londoner are two different beasts. See, I don't So know- most of my time was south of the river. Well, we talk a bit more like this, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. well I got to say this, first of all, because now you have me really curious. Number one, you're my only English friend, you know? Yeah. Did you say friend? <laughs> oh, of course we are. We, we, go, we go back, we years, go back and years, 20, years and years years. Yeah, I must
0: say this, to be honest, everyone. Paul and I worked together briefly 20 years ago, and then they took you away from me.
1: They separated us. Yes.
0: So I kind of know them, but I don't. This is kind of like, yeah. uh, 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 like, a, like a little, it's a, it's a reunion, of our past.
1: Well, our hair looks the same.
0: Well, I remember thinking this it. guy. <laughs> people still say to me, like, that guy's weirder than you, or he's no, like no, you. No, they can't
1: possibly say that. They right. say There's that absolutely that to me. no way that. So
0: I'm like, I need this connection in my life. But anyway, so what's, what are your parents doing in uh, England? No, both
1: my, my parents are dead. They had ten children, which was enough to finish anybody up. Ten of I've got six brothers, and three then. sisters. Yeah. but They're what all, were
0: they doing then? I
1: mean, oh, my dad was a my dad was what they called a, a medical officer of health, each of the London boroughs. In those days, you had uh, you know, contagious um, sicknesses. You know, had smallpox out there. Okay. You had all kinds of nasty, infectious diseases. And each region had to have—it was a doctor. He was a, a GP for a long time. Is that right? And then he went into public health. So he was looking after the London borough of Bermondsey then, and also importing food, um, basically making sure health standards. It was all those health things that a local council should be looking after.
0: So he is, I guess you can say, an English highbrow.
1: Uh, no, he was a hardworking East Ender. From yeah, London, well-educated, academic Extremely well-educated, guy, yes. MD? MD, yep. And your mom? My mom, uh, no, my mom with 10 kids. <laughs> I was going to say, you're making me laugh. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm not saying poor thing had to work hard because we weren't the easiest of kids. Yeah, well, I can We're imagine all different. Ten... We're all, you know, it was just, uh, it, was, it was a nightmare for us to visit other family members because 10 kids, well, no, it was never 10 because it was separated over many years, but a lot oh, would arrive. Dad,
0: I mean, you hear stories of how many children people used to have. Not that you're that much older than me, but you were probably the tail end of your parents. Yeah, but you have to understand. Of when they
1: used to just have a lot of kids. You have to understand, this is England. This is not America where you have land and you've got plenty of food. But this is England after the <laughs> war. No one has 10 kids. Oh, so that was, fra- that was fairly any, rare? Oh, I any see. any other family who had 10 kids. So my dad would buy these cars, and then he'd get a body uh, coachwork guy to cut the back off and put an extension on. And we had these huge, like, you know, Herman Monster-type vehicles. Come on. To our right. Yes, Unbelievable! That's this a, is excellent. There you go.
0: So, uh, I wanted to tell you about the bell. I forgot to mention that. If i because I uh, am a, a rogue gentleman, okay. If I say something inappropriate or ask you something that you feel uncomfortable, oh, excellent. You just hit that and I shut my fat head. Excellent. You like that?
1: Yeah, I do like that. Here, yeah. so can I practice it? <laughs> yep. Just make sure it's and working. And I just shut my
0: fat head and it's <laughs> over. All right. So you're born. You have. T- what, where are you on the line? I'm going to guess you're somewhere I, in
1: the middle. I know. I have two younger brothers, and that's it. Uh, brother John, who's two years uh, younger than me, and Brother Phil, who was uh, a little bit late, born in 63, I think.
0: And how, um, I, I can't wait to hear, and this answers both questions. How did you leave, and are all the siblings still there?
1: Yes, they're all back in England. They kind of live around the southeast corner, sort of a London southeast, the south south, as the northerners would call it. I don't know
0: how American this statement is to a guy who grew up in this area, but when I hear of a guy from England, London, grew up, was born at least... Near Abbey Road, you are like a, a celebrity. No, no, the opposite. Uh, a unicorn. Like- <laughs> no, that's Sean chirping in the background. <laughs> yeah. I love it. You? Un- no, a celebrity. No, like a piece of uh, of, of elitist
1: here. So, I consider myself a very lucky man because I've done for the last twenty odd years something I love to do.
0: Yeah, but how do you how do you how do you end up here? This is what I need. Oh, to Oh, it's
1: a long story. That that one goes. back. have you got time? We got about forty-five <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> minutes. We got to get
0: through your whole life oh, here. At no, I,
1: I was uh, just like you. Back in England, I was a school teacher. No. I was teaching. Yeah, seriously, I'm actually qualified as a, a Pennsylvania teacher. as Wait, well. Wait,
0: back up more now. So through uh, how does the educational system work? And uh, were you in London? You gr- you were born.
1: You say north of but, London. But no, we actually went to a seaside town. My dad. Uh, we, to, we used to commute from there to London, okay. and we were out in Margate or Cliftonville on Sea. They called it, which was actually a beautiful beach except the water was about 50 degrees all year round. (laughs) I was going to say, yeah. (laughs) And to make it even worse, the beach was so gradual, you had to walk out about half a mile before you could get up to your kind of waist. So when you got yourself wet, you had that half-mile run back, absolutely freezing to your beach towel. So that was quite an experience. That brings up a lot of
0: points that here in America, especially here in our area, you go to the Jersey Shore. People don't realize how unique it is to have warm water, sunshine. Even though you guys are warmer in the winter, Generally, a warmer climate, the water is colder. Always. Yeah, but
1: they're made up with other things. You know, there were nicer uh, uh, pubs, there were all kinds of fair things around there. They have oh, the, do- the donkeys comparing. on the beach and I'm whatever. I'm not comparing. No, it was bloody cold North. Norfolk. So yeah, there you they go. couldn't right. wait for the package holidays in the 60s for everyone to go to Spain and Italy. Is that so, right? Yes. <laughs> so a lot of those old seaside towns were in, still, still to this day, are actually in a little bit of uh, disrepair because the average Brit doesn't go to them anymore. Interesting.
0: So, my image also of the educational system in England is that there, there's like different hierarchies,
1: correct? Like, isn't there a well, little bit of where the commoners go? There's and a then, private sector and then there's a public sector. Okay, that's okay. it. And that's it. Yeah, the private sector can be those really expensive, rich. You know. Like it is here, but I thought yeah, oh yeah, that's more is,
0: of a, the culture there, correct? Uh,
1: uh, no, I wouldn't say so. I okay. mean,. Uh, I think I think there's more variance in schools in England than there is in the U.S. I think they, you know, the typical comprehensive of a high school right. looks fairly – if you're in California or in Pennsylvania, it kind of looks the same. It's kind of organized more of the same than it is in England. you go to one region in England, it would be very different right. how they do it. in which Except, one were you at? Ex- um, I was down south. I was, I was sent to a little private Catholic grammar school.
0: So uh, a, a little school. higher society, a little bit. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> You, he's, tr- he's trying to make me out to be a toff. No,
0: I'm trying. Oh, no, I say, know, Joe, you it's seem it's like such a great. No, you this. seem like a great
1: guy. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, well, I have to say, look, being at the bottom end of a big family, yeah, you don't get a lot of attention. That individual. Now, Paul, it's time to read. Tonight we're yes, going to read our story. Yes. Book. So we were just her- more herded around. So we we're more of a kind of a...
0: <laughs> you mean you didn't get a new car and a pony no, for all your birthdays? All no,
1: we didn't. that but, but that meant that I was a little bit slow at school when I was at the uh, what they call the elementary stage. I wasn't a great reader and whatever. Okay. But as soon as I, um, I got into this uh, grammar school, when I was at the age of uh, 11, they call that the kind of a secondary level in Okay. England, um, my reading picked up. I started loving learning, absolutely loving it. I did very well. In fact, all the way through my high school career, I was first in class. Ooh. Can you believe that? No, I definitely believe so, that. And then you but had... mind you, it was a very small school, so let's get it uh, So no, well, uh, you know. not, How many graduating? <laughs> Three. No. no, right. okay. no I, um, 100? 50, just under 100, probably, oh, okay. yeah, probably.
0: So did you have desires to be an educator, you said? or Nope, nope. I, did that, how did that happen?
1: I always wanted to be a forester. Somebody who looks after, manages forests, plants trees, grows trees, selects them, thins them out. Is that right? So at the age of 16, I hitchhiked all the way up to the north of England to the one horticultural, agricultural, and forestry college. And your parents didn't even know you were gone, right? Mm. I, I told them I was going to go and try and get into this college and whatever. Oh, okay. But they would say, you know, no. no, no, no. I go to this college. But I don't meet... you
0: send an application? I mean, why drive no, there? Why I, I said
1: I just wanted to go and talk to the oh, guy I see. and to get see, some see if there's right like, a possibility. And, and the guy was going to his office. And then the guy's office there I was speaking to has this great big map of Great Britain. So the British Isles Ireland, just Great Britain Ireland, Scotland, everywhere. And he says, look, I'm sorry to tell you this, but have a look at that northern part of Scotland, that little green mark. That's the only economic forestry we're doing in Great Britain at the moment. If you become a forester, you're one of about three or four people. You'll be an indentured servant, which is almost a slave. You won't be paid much. You'll be in a uh, – not your house, and it's not an easy life. So, so so, so much for back. the job of prospect, right? <laughs> so, no career there. So, I, I always wanted to work, you know, the gardening side. That was always there because, you know, coming from a big family after the Second World War, uh, economic downturn because all the money had been spent in the uh, government's coffers. Right. Houses, big houses were two a penny, so we always lived in these big old Victorian or Edwardian houses that have the front garden, the back garden, the vegetable garden, the hot house, the cool house, and whatever, and all these gardening vestiges of a, a bygone era. And as a kid, it was just absolutely fascinating. You know, four or five years old, playing with all these things. Yeah. So you're almost romanticising about th- this. what's that secret garden kind of thing? There were areas yeah. you could discover. Things. Oh, there was a pond mm-hmm. there. You start scraping away the soil, you find a footpath, yeah. and dig it out you find all kind. We found them in our last house I was living in, a Second World War air raid shelter. They were buried and had two secret entrances, and one, if it could be um, entrance got blocked, you could get out the other one, and we had to excavate it all. but, See, uh,
0: but were you and your family? Your parents moved there. Is that yes. what you mean? Oh, okay.
1: So we weren't living in division.
0: Well, I don't know what stage this was <laughs> in your life. I don't know. I think, we wow, are jumping around buying, a bit, buying homes. We
1: do tend to jump around a bit, but...
0: Uh, <coughs> um, Ooh, excuse my cough. So... It wasn't in your family. No siblings. No father, mother. This was just your thing. The whole forestry, no, the, whole the fa- landscaping. No, no, the
1: whole family were. I mean, were involved <laughs> in some kind of gardening, landscaping businesses. Uh, you know, ornamental pond construction. We went through it all. We looked after the parents' house. We got jobs. You know. Oh, we so were you were set- all involved
0: with this? Like all the brothers, hauling, hauling, hauling shrubs. Yes. arborvides, digging holes. Yes basically. Arborvitae is the common man, Bush. I know yeah, you look down on me. I saw that. I saw that. That's all right. So, so then you thought I can't major in that. So you, you're what? So I, I decided, well, one of the thing
1: I was going to go to university. I, I had my heart set on that. I wasn't sure what to do and whatever. So, um, but I didn't want my parents to pay for me. So in England, if they earned a certain amount, um, your grant from a government. Now, you have to understand it. But the day I went to university, only 10% of kids <coughs> actually went to university. Yeah,
0: but I think your dad making all this big money as a medical guy, he can handle it.
1: Yeah, but when you spread it over 10 yeah, kids right. and whatever, and it, no, it, 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 it was a public service job, so it wasn't as well okay. paid as a private doctor or something like that. But, uh, you know, when you look at it, I decided that I was going to work for three or four years before I go to university. And that's what I did. I did all kinds of jobs. And in, when is it, 1970s? There were jobs a penny in London. You could go to a recruitment agency and they will say, how much time you got? Three weeks? All right, I'm going to send you up to a brewery in the north of London and you're going to be work as a temp in the distribution office. So oh, I did right? loads of jobs like that. It was a lot of fun. But it so certainly gives you an idea of what you want to do. And you're putting so, um, off college a little bit. Yes. But when I've done my three off, I think it was four years I had to do, the government would pay for me Direct to me everything I needed to go to college for three years.
0: Is that system still exist? That's no. very interesting.
1: No. <laughs> now they have to pay a fee. I forget what it is. Typically, the average student pays about 8,000, 9,000 pounds a year. So that's probably about $13,000, $14,000.
0: That is an interesting proposal, though. We do this in America. You know, but he was a lot of guys' safe. job, they join the military to pay for their education. Yeah. How about we have this branch of public service? Yeah, that'd be a great idea. And then, it, yeah, I, I like think there's this. A, there a lot of kids. The who things go to we college. learn from the oh, English. Yes,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna make me choke on my coffee, on not
0: Now, speaking of, because I was born in '66, I'm 10 years behind you. Um, big- '66. That is a date
1: chiseled into my heart. Uh oh. You know why? You're 10 years old. What happens? Think of uh, what you call well, what we call football. You call soccer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Biggest sporting event in the world? Soccer. What happened? Biggest sporting event in the world? The Brits. Billions. England beat who? England beat West Germany in the final of the World Cup. Is that oh, right? Yeah. There's never been a greater day in English history. Oh man, I love how that. <laughs> so there you out. go.
0: Well, that's like eighty for us with the Ruzioni and the Americans beating the Russians <laughs> yes. in the uh, in the Olympics for high hockey. Uh, I yeah. remember that too as well. That oh, was a great babe. game. Uh, well, as we can f- take a flashback to the sixties. Now, um, what I was going to say is, I grew up in the. Uh, I became a teenager and became of age. A little bit after the whole Beatle thing. Was that a part of your life? Like, because Uh, you're 12, 13, they're hitting big.
1: Yes, no, I was born in 56, so 63 there are. I'm seven years of age.
0: Right, but a little bit after that. I'm
1: at primary school, okay? And we have these student teachers who come in, who do kind of movement and dance things. And of course, what records do they bring in? They bring in the Beatles, the current hits. Get out. And as little boys, to have to dance to She Loves You, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh was man! It's an creepy,
1: it was extremely creepy. <laughs> we were all sent to the headmaster's office and whatever time and time again. I so want to hold those... <laughs> your hand. So it was all like the so cheesy a, a Beatles. Seven, yes, a seven-year-old kid, yeah, so with girls saying, around having to dance like no, it's no way that was going to happen. Yeah, so but was,
0: after that, you're a teenager. It's still late '60s, uh, the early Beatles, '70s. I that...
1: appreciate a lot more now because you just uh, realize yeah. what fantastic musicians they were and what fantastic composers. Those but you didn't just, like sense the vibe.
0: The Stones, the Beatles, the Who. I mean, this is all exploding yeah, well you have you're to a imagine a
1: big family. It's like, when well, like my, my, bro- my brother came back, 63, 64, with what was called a beetle jacket, yeah. which was a jacket without a collar on it. Okay. And my dad just confiscated it. My dad was Second World War, Army. Well, see, you know. this
0: gives us a feeling for the time. Oh, yeah. So then, you're saying he was, was d- being rebellious. Yes. I didn't realize but that. Was, That's what the Beatles are doing, too. To me, yeah. that just looks like stupid clothes
1: back then. But was, they were rebelling against. The long hair, all that sort of going on. It was as as a kid observing, you weren't quite sure what was going on in the 60s. Yeah. You had the old conservative view. The, of the-
0: World War II guys. Yep. They're very conservative. Off. They
1: don't like. No, I kids with long hair from being in the army, where your hair was shaved every single day, or whatever it was. You know, it, it, killing Nazis to now look at those unappreciative, yep. entitled, pro-Soviet. You know, I mean, the, the again, the, again, it's Cold War. Yeah. So we were in that period where you know every now and then, every twice a year, I think we would have to do nuclear, uh, uh, what's oh, called raids. F-
0: get out of here!
1: Jump under the desk and mm-hmm. put your hand over your head we had no idea what it was about especially a kid like me who wasn't yeah. really well versed in the reading right. and whatever so it was like you know it's a strange world strange world so what do you do through your 20s what are you doing over there in uh, england well uh, i eventually i got a degree in psychology and uh, another major in education oh so you do go to college for almost free or free yes you it get was the free.
0: psychology education yeah the whole time uh you're like a stud there in uh, <laughs> in england <laughs> Uh, you're not married. There's uh, no kids. i to that bell any minute. Oh, it, <laughs> no, no, no. no! It, it rang itself there. That wasn't
1: me. <laughs> no, but what do you like there? I mean, what, what, what's, what are you doing? <sighs> what am I doing? Um, I have to tell you, the university was uh, a big part. I, I was a bright lad, so I, the, the coursework was never too difficult. Okay. I learned that science was far more difficult, far more work. When I was in my first year of college, I was sitting ne- uh, living next door to an engineering student, pure mechanical engineer. And the amount of work that poor uh, guy uh, had to do. You know, I had a few hours to attend a week. And then a lot of it was, you know, studying by yourself or whatever. Maybe a lab once in a while. but
0: Paul, you're, of- <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I have a daughter and son both majoring in science at colleges now. And they come home and they say, we're getting ripped off. I have all my friends who are majoring in other things. yeah, And I don't have to do anything. I'm doing labs. I'm doing calculations. I'm up all night. And they're talking in... Uh, groups about their feelings. Yes. And like,
1: listen, you go for what you love. So, yes, I was talking in groups about my <laughs> feelings, feel, about somebody right. else's feelings. And you, <laughs> you know,
0: you, and, and, and you go for what you love, and maybe it'll pay off in the long run, even with more money. But, yes, a lot more well, work no, I, I, I,
1: was, I was interested in the psychology side. That was the kind of thing. I thought, you know, I was always at a thinking kind of mind and right. asking questions about, you know, what things, <laughs> how they work, dynamics of families sure. and relationships and whatever. Um, and the education side was just, well, just in case it's difficult to get a job, you could always become teaching. Yeah. Because male teachings, especially in that middle school to elementary level, were always short. They always were encouraging in that uh, time. Lots of males to go into it. And it's kind of the baby
0: boomer times, yep. so an yep. explosion of population in the school, so they need teachers. Why do not you stick to it? Did you try it? Oh, did I did. No, I, I taught for six years.
1: Okay, so six it's, years.
0: you're in your 20s? <laughs> You're a young stud in England. You're teaching psychology at high school version. Is that what yeah. it is?
1: I uh, know. I'm, I'm teaching everything in English oh, English right? middle schools and whatever they'd often get you to do maths, history, a little bit of French. I've even done that. So it's
0: oh, so it's not sports. Uh,
1: they always you'd use me for soccer or for cricket or something like that. Oh, so you're so coaching, coaching, you're teaching well. everything. They and, get their money's worth out of us,
0: sure. <laughs> and then were you were you thinking this is it, my life? I'm loving it. I'm going to stay here. I'm going to. I'm
1: mean, going uh, you know, no, I, retire I, I, I in 30 see, years. Joe, I've always been a very practical one. Now, teaching has its wonderful aspects. There's nothing better than helping a kid, you know, to overcome, to master some skill, yeah. to be smiling, to enjoy the education process, and to go on. You know, sometimes when you see the old kids later in the town when they're four or five years out yeah. of school, and they tell you what they're doing, and it's just, you yeah. know, and they say nice things about. You know, the class what I you get did. that every
0: day now I love it I <laughs> so, love it
1: but you, you can't beat that you can't beat that but I'm but a, I'm a but. practical guy I've got calluses on my hands so I like to do things so, so you wanted more so when I was teaching uh, it was that kind of property boom time in England where you know prices were going up and if you buy a property three weeks later you could sell it more but if you added something to it if you uh, put an additional bathroom in, tidied it up, or did some structural work, Wait a you minute. could sell it
0: more. I smell capitalism. Yes, capitalism
1: is there in there. Yeah. <laughs> I smell greedy, I just, sleazy. I just check my wallet. American <laughs> capitalism. Now, where, where do you think Americans got it from? I guess so. Yeah. Yes. Where does it all come from? But we took it and ran with it to a greater extent <laughs> than everybody, right? Yes, absolutely.
0: So you went into a business, you're a landscaper what? guy now.
1: You're talking about back here in the Euro, good old USA. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking
0: about there. So oh. you
1: started there. Well, we, I, did, I, I did lots of odd jobs where we were landscaping, helping with my brother's company. They'd have landscape construction. They would put uh, patios in, oh. uh, ponds in, you know, crepe beds, flower beds, plant lawns and all that stuff. So, and, yes, I've done a fair share of that.
0: So then did you have any contact with uh, the U.S.? You know anyone, friends, had, relatives? Did you say, I want to go there?
1: The only contact my dad said was that one of his relatives, John Barry, uh, was a Bostonian. Yeah, And he was a very famous American chess player. And for one tour, he was coming to England, I think, in 1907, something like that, before the war, I think. And he met one of my dad's relatives, uh, Eddie, who was a jazz musician. All right. And he brought him back to America to live in Boston. But that's it. That's
0: it. So how arrogant of me to think, oh, you had dreams of America. That's stupid for me to say. That's ridiculous. You, you know, were just a guy having a great
1: life. Well, yeah, I was kind of more, Australia was more. Somewhere. Oh, okay. the, or New Zealand was kind of a more. Well, the the, which is the, the complete opposite of England. If you drill a hole through England, you come out of New Zealand. <laughs> is so, that that's, <laughs> so that was kind of more of it. But you see, we, we see a lot of American culture on British TV. You know, I was raised with half British TV, But that's half it. It was American. curious.
0: It was curiosity for you.
1: You didn't, yes. you didn't think I want to go there and live there. I had no idea just what a big
0: country it is. I don't know the answer to this question, but I'm going to guess there's a woman involved that yeah, got There is a woman See, involved. See, it's yes, always. That <laughs> beautiful woman, yes. I hope she's listening, my beautiful,
1: gorgeous wife, Christine. <sighs> I hope she's There's does. always <laughs> got to be a woman involved yes, that
0: drags you to something else. Yes.
1: So I was living out, I've been teaching six, seven years in what I called, and a mate of mine, um, Dave French, bless his soul. God knows where he is now. I've got no idea. He's probably either behind bars or he's in some kind of… One of uh, your buddies. Yes, he was a buddy. But uh, anyway, he was, came from a very… He's one of his rich English families. Oh, oh yeah. yeah so. See, hanging out with all so the he, high society. <laughs> he invited me to go skiing, and I had never been skiing. My younger brother, uh, John, was the only one who ever went skiing on a school trip. Give me so the state of skiing in, uh, in England. Well, now it's amazing. Uh, most there are about two million Brits who go to Europe or to America and ski, so it's big. But there's no actual natural snow hill where you could ski in. I was going to say in England there Scotland, is no Scotland. There is right. But the Scotland it is so bleak. If you think Northern, northeast Pennsylvania is bad in terms of cold, wet, damp, Scotland. Scotland is worse. And I was actually I was in just back from Switzerland.
0: Oh, there's a the place. I, to I was ski, skiing
1: right? with a. Um, an English ski guide, and he's actually an international mountain guide, so he's a very well qualified guy. And he says, "Those guys who come out of those Scottish know how to ski because they're skiing all day long on ice. <laughs> they're completely in fog, They're in whiteout conditions, yeah, right. <laughs> and they can do it. So, coming to America, especially, or coming to the Alps, they become fantastic skiers." So this guy says, "Let's go skiing," and you're not a skier. No, I don't. I had no <laughs> idea what to expect. He says it's always a good time. You know, it's kind of a uh, you know.
0: Where did he want to take you? I don't get it. His
1: family went to Austria, the Tyrol, Yep, which is basically heading down towards from Europe. We drove down from, you know, London to uh, Dover, catch the ferry, land in Calais, then drive in France, Belgium, and I think into Germany. And That's a long down, trip, right? Down the Autobus. about 11 hours once you cross the channel. So
0: you take an 11-hour trip. You're how old? You're in your mid-late 20s. Uh, but yeah, but 25, 26. And you're like, I'm going to go skiing. Yes, and then here you meet the woman of your
1: dream. Uh, not the first time, but he invited the second time. I did. So oh, but you're liking skiing at the uh, time. This is a new I had thing. no idea what to expect. Absolutely yeah. no idea. So this is a big part of my life now. So here we are. We go down to the basement of this chalet, the family chalet that this guy had. He's kind of a wealthy guy. I guess and all so. The chalet. The world, the, all the equipment was everywhere. You know, and the only thing that I could get in were these double leather, you know, kind of double laced boots that you put on, really yeah. old-fashioned, Huge pair of skis. And some really old-fashioned uh, you know, clothing. But I was going up the lift. and It was about, all borrowed stuff. You never skied? No, never skied. Never had the equipment. He said, there's, uh, our basement's full of stuff. So there's going to be no <laughs> problem there. So, yeah, I get kitted out. And he takes me up. The first one is a funicular railway that goes okay. up the side of the slope from a the town. Then you get into a gondola. And going in this gondola, you know, it's all cloudy and it just looks like you can't really see much. But then all of a sudden, you break through the clouds. Into this beautiful alpine, you know, glistening white peaks, jagged rocket peaks up there, blue sky, the sun streaming this is a postcard down. Postcard here. It's a completely different world to grey, dismal, yes. wet, damp, fungal-infested England. And then <laughs> you're in this magic world. But that's just the start of it. You get up there on the top. You get out on your skis, and you, I imagine I formed some kind of wedge. The snowplow effect. And he yeah. gave me. He's a very good skier. And he just gave me a couple of things to come down. And he said, follow this, you know, the signs here, which is probably the easy route. But what? I found totally amazing was that you would go from one little stubly, like a little inn and a bar, and they'd have like a glue vine or a little snack. I don't know what that is. A glue vine is the kind of spiced wine, mulled wine. Oh, okay, all right. So then that one, then you'd have this that. This what the one. high society people are doing, <laughs> yeah. I guess, in I England. I don't know. And it was full of beautiful Europe. women. It's like, Ooh. when you're going there, it's like, wow. And you know, it was in the, I forget which years it was, but it was in the time when skiing was fashionable. So they're all, it was high glamour. It was everybody with a little fur trimmed, this. Blue sky. Sunshine, Women in fur
0: jackets. (laughs) This is like a dreamland for you. Good 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 food,
1: yeah. What can you say? So yes, it was a complete. I was completely converted. I was a hopeless skier, so I managed to get down the hill. The worst thing about skiing is when you're beginning to it all, you look across the slope and you may be the only one on the slope, and there's a a dad with his poor little kid on the other side, and you say, "I'm going to avoid that man. I'm going to avoid that little boy," and of course, you start looking at them, and when you look at them. Your, more, your skis automatically follow. Your body follows the light. Oh, up. I see, right, because you twist so, your torso. There I was on this slope. I always remember this. I went steaming into these people across the <laughs> other side, crashed into them. And the amount of expletive in German, which I can't repeat because I have no idea what he was saying, but let's say it was <laughs> Go ahead, say it. So, all right. I, um, no, no. Uh, but anyway, I took some lessons the next day and we started getting into it. And so yes. you're kind of hooked? Hooked. You meet your wife. No, my She's wife was three years old, about 29 when I met my wife. Oh, so you're, sk- you're, you're, you're a... You're that was the first experience that said skiing is good. You're a fluent skier. You,
0: you love it, <laughs> so you keep going back and forth. This is going great. <laughs> I'm a fluent apres skier. Okay, so all right. To, the, and then uh, you see this woman, and you follow her down the slope. You pretend that you crash, and you really just fall on her, and you give her a kiss, and you're married uh, it's in get, we're, we're close. You're, you're getting close. And so the right. rest getting, is history.
1: I, I walked into the Londoner bar in San Johan in Tyrrell. Very crowded, loud music—the usual kind of après ski bar—and there was my wife arm wrestling the Austrian champion on the bar. No, no, she wasn't. She was with her sister. Okay, but she says she made a bee line for me, or something like that, or whatever. And uh, this the is the a scene in a yeah, movie. I, I, I can't. But my wife has it so down pat that I'm not sure what's real her and day. what isn't. So in, I can't. You'll have to interview her. Well,
0: she was she was overwhelmed by the English accent. The traditional good looks, the jawline. Apparently, I was very
1: cheeky, and I said, "She said, uh, she said, do you speak, do you speak some English?" And I said, "Probably a little bit better than you do." So that was. I thought she was going to get slapped on that one, but she didn't. So it was a joke. You know, it's just a.
0: <laughs> You're making me laugh, which makes me cough. I oh, love it. I love hope it. That's
1: not tuberculosis, or anything. you got no, no. no, no. no hey, you invented English, right? We just took it from you. But lots of dialects of it. I mean, yeah. you know, one of the things coming to when I came to America here, which is 30 odd years ago, it was in the, the era of Crocodile Dundee and whatever. So they, everybody in every supermarket would say, oh, I love your Australian accent. So, <laughs> so I had to for about 20 years, I had to sort of tell them that the the Australian accent is very different from the English one. Now, the English London accent, you talk a bit more like this, Joe. Yes, yes, yes. You you know what I mean? Down the mouth and whatever. But if you put that up your nasal passage, it sounds very Australian. (laughs) You're right. Basically, (laughs) a lot of Londoners were shipped penal codes out of London with their accent when it slightly migrated up into the nasal passage down there. Well, so, I
0: don't want to get off track, but could you do, because uh, my brain can't wrap itself around this, an American accent.
1: No, I'm terrible. But how—, how I'm terrible. What would, you, I've what been would here. your
0: family say if you said, do an American accent? I mean, no, you've got to give me all something. I,
1: all I have to do when I go back to England is say one American word. Like, oh, I've got some dirt on my pants. Ah, uh, you're all American. So any use of any American word
0: Which one down. was it there?
1: Pants. What, pants. You guys don't say pants, no, trousers. pants in England are the underpants. Oh, I
0: Pantaloons. didn't know that.
1: So these are trousers, yeah. Flax.
0: Still, I, I see that as like an old way of talking, but that's how it is. No, some, so some, some, some,
1: some things the Americans have the old and the British change. Some things the British didn't change and Americans change. So there's a, a good mixture of...
0: But, but, but you're trying to be politically correct. Come on, give me some yes. American stuff that... Come on, give me our lingo. Give me Give me some you don't like. We talk uh, funny. Give me something.
1: Well, it's it, the Southern Bell, the kind of, you know, the Southern female. Oh, accent. That. That's, well, that's, that's not us, though. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, I'm with some Pennsylvania lingo. No, I like the Pennsylvania accent. Okay, I like the Ohio accent and whatever. I have no problem in it. And sometimes, you know, it's always not because I've been here so long and, you know, exposed to both. I listen to the BBC um, radio program at night to put me to sleep. So you're getting these voices and things, and it all blends to one. I think it's all part of the one. It's just like having a, a, a different accent in England. American to me is like another English accent, so I don't really. Sit yeah, but like I can that. do you. I can do an, an English accent. You can't do me quick. Why? Because you just sound normal. I wouldn't be able to okay. do right. it. I think enormous. you should be sounding like me. Is what <laughs> oh, I, maybe I you're not. You. So it's, it's a tricky thing. Tell me how you meet your know, wife
0: in the, in the ski lodge. We don't want to get too far off track here. And so she bring, She says, uh,
1: "Where's she from?" By the way, uh, she's from Texas, Del Rio. So was, she was out vacationing. She was visiting her sister, who was in the air force. Oh. In Germany, and they decided to go down uh, for a weekend to ski in the Austrian trough. It was a short drive. So by chance, I bumped into her, and by chance, I bumped into her the next day on the ski slopes. And then the courting process is months, years? Oh, we. She went back to America. Then she came back to England for a visit once, and we were right. We wrote, and wrote in the days when I could write a nice, decent letter. Yeah. Get the punctuation right. Yeah. Make it Sound nice. No text. <laughs> ah, text has destroyed everything. Free letter, I know. Why, the uh, romance dot, dot, is dot, gone. Dot dot <laughs> dot. dot, dot, dot <laughs> don't capitalize. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> They're going to get the gist. Yes. So, but when did, when does she when when do you decide to leave? Is what I'm saying. How how does that happen? Does she does she suggest it or when does this
1: transformation? No, I was yet? smitten. You were smitten. smitten. You can We've admit it. We've gone so well. Yeah. I, I can't say anything else. Wow. Yeah. yeah I and would you wait. say
0: you're the first man in the history of the universe to be smitten by a woman?
1: <laughs> it's the only experience I've had, Joey. Like, <laughs> We've so. all been We've smitten. Been, We've well, all yes, been. Well, yes. But, you know, I have to say, but I, well, I was a 29-year-old. Yeah. It's not as if I hadn't been know, been. And there's was, this beautiful
0: American. Yes. But does she immediately start? Say, well, I guess. How did it happen, though? How did, how did you leave? Or was it, a tr- was it transitory for a while?
1: I don't know. We talked for a year. We visited. We went on vacations together. And eventually I proposed to her in Ooh. Collingswood, New Jersey, you know, of all places. When you were visiting here? Yep. So you would come here for weeks, days, months? A few weeks in the summer, because being a school teacher, you yeah. have uh, you know, oh, pretty long vacations. Not and as long then, as over here, though, but, uh, you know, okay. six weeks is long for us, so <laughs> not and then the 25 it. weeks you get over here. You propose and you have a game plan. You must think,
0: I'm going to propose, I'm going to marry you, I believe, I'm not going to play dumb here. She's a physician of some sort. Yep. and
1: and so She was uh, finishing a residency in uh, Thomas Jefferson Hospital.
0: And so so she, you know there's a nice income and you say, I'll start a business here. And if it doesn't work out, I'll fall back on your income. Yeah, you could say that. Or am I, or am <laughs> no, I doing it?
1: No, we were comfortable. Well, no, early on we weren't because we had huge debts, yep, like yep. all physicians and whatever. And she wasn't from mm-hmm. uh, a well-to-do family. Uh-huh. So a lot of the view of American physicians is it's like, I'm a doctor, son, you're going to be a doctor. She had to work at Guts. Her dad was a plumber. Is that right? Uh, and whatever. And she became very practical and doing things and whatever. But, you know, she's a woman in the 1970s, and female mm. uh, surgeons were not particularly appreciated in the all-male uh, right, situation. Yes. So, yes. Not only have to work harder and better and prove yourself, it was tough. She's a very tough, driven woman.
0: Cultural revolution. I don't know what Just, I'm doing. Yeah, happened in the
1: '70s. So, and,
0: and you're here when it's. Uh, I mean, uh, this is, this, this, this,
1: 1987. We got married. 87. So a, better check the calendar on that one. Always, <laughing> I get that one wrong all the time. 87, I think. You
0: 87. Know? You get married. You're living in the states. Yep. Is it like within the first few months? You're like, Oh now what the hell am I going to do?
1: Or are you no, already... America has always been like it's the noise that hits you, and especially if you come in the summertime. So you live in England, the birds are chirping, it's kind of sweet and gentle and nice. You come over here, and you've got that kind of cicada, siren oh. noise that fills you, and you've got the heavy humidity of, you know, of, yes. uh, you know, Pennsylvania, of a Philadelphia suburb. Yes. So it's like, when you go out, you're like parting the air to get somewhere. So oh, is that different where you were? Way. So you settled in Philly area. we in Philly right? I taught, actually, I taught in a private school, which is very different from schools I was teaching in England.
0: Get up. So
1: I didn't have a, a public school certification, but they would accept my English um, transcripts. Oh,
0: that's excellent. So I taught excellent. in a
1: mainline school, taught very rich kids, taught Could, the kids of uh, Joe, uh, what's his name? Schmidt, the baseball player. Mike? Mike Schmidt. Get out of here, daughter, really? Like. Oh, yeah. What were they like? Mike Schmidt's daughter was a super kid. Yeah? Absolutely super kid. Mike had a great mustache. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> redhead, I believe, right? I, 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 can't I think remember he was from a redhead. So,
0: so, could you? Uh, I, I need to know your feelings, although you're going to be politically correct.
1: Absolutely, mate.
0: <laughs> on Philadelphia and the
1: States versus the first 30 years of your life. Like, what, what it's, was it's coming? It's a whole up? different world. A whole different a world? A whole different world. It's a different, that, that urban sound of Philadelphia. The fact that there are almost like no-go areas in Philadelphia is co- totally alien to a British person, or well, person, the part of Britain that I came from. That there are north, uh, very derelict, ghetto-like areas. But you have to remember, <laughs> do you remember the move where Mayor Good dropped the bomb oh, on the yeah, move? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so- <laughs> Uh, no, it was. in that existed as a Brit. No, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. I didn't know no, that. Nothing like that. So the the apparent poverty and wealth are very very clear cut in America. In England, and, it's blended a little bit.
0: Is that more.
1: right? And was that a little shocking for you, or it is shocking to see people living in such you know yeah. poverty and whatever. Yes. Yeah, so it takes a while in that one. My wife used to get really annoyed because my, my real concern was how your houses were built. The fact that all American houses are stick built, whereas in England they're all masonry. They made of bricks and block or whatever. Yeah, and yours are hundreds so and hundreds I, of years I, I would old. And I was like, knocking on house walls just to see <laughs> if they're hollow or something. So I've stopped doing that. Thank God. See, these are the things I need to hear from an Englishman. <laughs> but I like actually. One of the first things I did was I took a, a masonry course down at Johnson College when we moved up here. Yeah. To bricklay, to lay brick, block and whatever. Because I was going to build a little addition to a house, a little foundation, to see how they did it. Well, actually, I quite enjoy it. The Amer- American houses now, with the good foundations they build, now are fantastic. I yeah. have no problem. Um, you know, in England, there's wood is so expensive, so to build timber frame houses.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And to know, us, it's just uh, yeah,
1: two by four plywood. Everywhere.
0: It's everywhere. Wood everywhere. Trees everywhere. Wood yeah. everywhere. Um, the whole queen thing, uh, not the band. I'm talking about the, the royal the family. The monarchy. Am I a why monarchist? do I? Why really. do I
1: hate that? What's your theory on that? Why, and do <sighs> most of your people? My, my, my theory is I, I'm not a monarchy. As long as the monarchy – I'm, I, I'm a, a Democrat. I like the people to run a country. Well, I, I like us I to elect people. Yes. I understand it's symbolic. I understand all
0: that. But the point is it's almost like if Americans romanced about plantation slavery in the 1800s. It was wrong and horrible. The monarchy was wrong someone, and horrible.
1: someone just by birth – Yes,
0: it's just as wrong and well, horrible. in horrible. why Monica do we used, romance the
1: monarchies used to fight it out. So if you could fight them all out, put them all together in a cage fight and see so who <laughs> That would now I'm interested. <laughs> that would be No, a but bit.
0: everything about that is gross. It's human beings yes, at their worst. So why is that romance? I don't understand that. And do your people agree with me or for the most part you'd say you most know,
1: I think they they will support it at the moment, but you know, it, over the years, over the kind of uh, the hundreds of years, it's been up and down. Okay. There was a time when Queen Victoria excluded herself, didn't want anything to do with the public, <laughs> and then uh, everyone turned against her. There was a time when, uh, remember the, the king who resigned or abdicated? Okay. Uh, Edward VIII? I the remember Wallace hearing Simpson, about yes. Married an American? Yes. Yeah, I learned my lesson on that one. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but it, it turns out now that he was actually almost uh, treasonous in his behavior towards <sighs> Great Britain. He was actually encouraging the Germans to bomb London, because, because the Brits would submit. Oh, man. And then he could become back as the appointed king
0: Well, that snobbiness is what's ridiculous. So, yes,
1: you have, I, I am, I'm very wary, just like you, of that, the idea that by birth you have a privilege. Horrible. I think your Disgusting meritocracy is the word I like to have. Yes. People get there because of their hard work and dedication, not by an inheritance. So, that's my feeling on that one.
0: Um, so, it's eighty-seven, eight-nine. we got to fast forward. You're in America. You, yep. Are you thinking, I'm going to assimilate? I'm going to like this? Or oh, you're, I you're not sure. All right.
1: Yeah. Now, I got myself a big old American car. It's my wife's <laughs> did, grandmother's. Did, did you really? Yeah, what was it? A Dodge Dart, 1963. <laughs> Shift on the uh, column, I think it was. Three gears. And a no, what? 63? And, and no... But this
0: is the late, this is a late <laughs> 80s.
1: Well, no. It was a second-hand car. You got it? Oh, <laughs> man. So, I've got that car to drive to work across Philly. I had to go from New Jersey, across the Ben Franklin Bridge, up uh, Vine Street, and off from wherever it is, in these weird little roads, to your- Expressway to my yeah, school. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: 76. And this
1: steering box was so loose, the car would change lane automatically. Now, you can imagine people trying to wake up in the morning. This thing woke me up quicker than anything, because I was gripping that steering. It was like a sailor making adjustments to the yes. wheel. All right, here we go. Google Expressway. Keep it in that lane there. So it would wake me up, and I was teaching there for a year. My wife qualified, and then let's probably move it on a little bit. um, She was getting interviews for different positions, um, one in Doylestown, I think, and whatever, and uh, one in Jacksonville, Florida, could have been a home. But she uh, chooses? Scranton, Pennsylvania, because of Dr. Mori, Gino Mori, who had the practice Mori, Mori, and Preeti was a general surgeon, but he was so hands-on, wanting to do the new stuff and whatever, and bring in... uh, All kinds of new techniques and surgery-wise, she was far impressed. And the other reason, we're only twenty minutes away from Elk Mountain and some skiing. Oh
0: man, so So you're still, you're you're still close to Philly. You move north, yeah. You're close to affluent skiing areas. This is it. It's late
1: '80s, early '90s, and this is it. Your new life. If you were living in Philadelphia to take the kids or take the family up, you remember the effort it was to go through the Lehigh Tunnel. Yeah, people could get through. They come up here to go skiing. But in the old days, when there was only one tunnel. You got jammed for like an hour, oh, an hour yeah, and a half coming yeah, yeah. back. So yeah. It was, it was an absolute nightmare. And you you arrive at the ski resort where everyone else is there, and it was just absolute nightmare. I and mean, there's no room to ski or anything like that. So living up here, where we could take an afternoon off, where there's no one on the slopes, was absolute bliss. We still, and we'd been here thirty odd years. We still did. My wife, in fact, this morning was out snowboarding. So, so you like the skiing? You'll, your wife has a new job.
0: Uh, everything's going good. You're young, handsome, married. And and you, when does the business start? Soon after?
1: About three, four years out. I was uh, uh, filling and looking around and whatever, filling time. I was doing some tutoring and whatever. But when you uh, first came to yes. Northeastern PA, did you think maybe I'll be a teacher here or that, that's out? I'm going to be I, a I businessman. Now. I did have a Pennsylvania qualification, um, The teaching, what do they call it, the certificate, is that what they call it? Uh, the what? <laughs> when you got a, when you're qualified to be a Pennsylvania teacher, A certification, certification. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. So I've got that. Oh yeah, my... but you
0: didn't want it. You, you thought instead you'll go for the. Uh... I
1: want to do something practical. I mean, as I was just saying, I'm a practical person. We restored, built, looked after houses, made some money on the capitalist chain, as you're calling it, and <laughs> <laughs> so just surviving. I think it was. as long as I had some beer money and whatever, and then it was. <laughs>
0: So there it is. You're, the business starts. Your wife's a surgeon. Everything's going good. Next thing you know, 16 walks into your life. How does that happen?
1: It happens because, well, the first, the first one I did was with Noreen Clark. Remember Daryl Noreen? Yes. Yeah. My she, sister-in-law. She just wanted to do a gardening uh, uh, segment.
0: Yeah, but how, who found you? I have no idea. Is that I, right? I have Someone just I said- absolutely
1: no idea. But, you know, I, I, I was giving lots of talks kind of, you know, practical oh. things like that. Because I, I, I like teaching. I like showing things. You're right, you're of, right. I feel pride If I've done something nice or I've got a nice set of slides and can talk about it, it's kind of a, you know. Yes. People say, oh, are you worried about public speaking? No, it's a, it's a pleasure to get in front of people and talk about something you like. Oh, yeah, Talking about yes. something you don't like is an absolute nightmare, but <laughs> talking about something you like is completely <laughs> different, so... That's, that's a very valid point. I can agree. So we bought, we bought it. Actually, it was an old little restaurant property that had been burnt down the fire. There was a lot of fire damage inside, and they quickly you know, dry-walled it up to make it look good and whatever. And eventually, we extended, got the uh, – had a liquor license, so we opened the restaurant later on. Um, but our main aim was to sell lots of different perennials, shrubs and trees. I'm, I'm a great shrub man, so shrubs, I think, are the easiest form of gardening. If you do it right and have a shrubbery with no room for weeds to come out, there's no weeding to be done. Ooh, there's no mulching to be done. What I do with my leaf clippings when I've cut them or whatever or um, grass clippings, I put them under the shrubbery as a mulch. It breaks down. You don't see them. Simple. But perennials, perennials bloom and die. Then there's going to be room for
0: the weeds and yes. a lot of work. So you're uh, saying uh, shrubs early, over perennials. Yes. Because early Ooh, spring, like this.
1: early spring, those perennials are coming up for weeds. And you know what the weeds we have in Pennsylvania are pretty aggressive. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a battle. But, you know, some perennials are very aggressive, and then you've got the problem of them spreading too fast. But if you choose shrubs at the front, you know, a little two-foot-by-two-foot two shrub, behind it maybe a little narrow one yeah. or a four-foot-by-four, four, and then a slightly, you know, 10-foot-by-10, you can make a, a mixed board that's got all kinds of color and flower at different times of year. This sounds and like it's a whole different podcast, shrubbery talk with Paul Edson. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. But I,
0: I just want to finish with, so... Um, the last 30 years, roughly, you're here, you're a businessman, you're doing your stuff. 16 happens. On TV, you have this natural way, charisma, intelligence. Are we talking about the same person? Fun right factor, <laughs> admirable qualities, Admiral. and everything is working, and it's just beautiful.
1: It's, it's What I think people don't realize is they come to visit the garden center on a nice sunny day in spring. Sunny days in summer, and they forget the ice, the misery, the flooding. Yes. And all that hard work. You're working with your bare hands at minus degrees, you know, and it's not. Yeah. There's some, it, either you like physical work or you don't. And my, one of my biggest problems now as a business owner is to get kids who have been used to working outside hard. Um, they think first of all, it's like a dream. They, oh, I'm going to be working outside. But <laughs> then they have to do eight hours. And it's like, oh, my God. So we start often with kids that you do three hours four hours five hours so trying to get you know high school college kids to be hard hard working you mean like your employees yeah oh it's tough it's t- hard it's work tough. is
0: hard to find those americans don't want to work anymore those young americans so you know what, what do you do i what mean do it's,
1: you, well the, 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 what, yeah i have to tell you because this i think is fundamental i knew i wanted to tell you this. i love it here we All go right? this is this is it folks this is it this is why um i think american horticulture is on a bit of a slack now. We've made everything far too easy. We've cut away all the chores. We don't want to cut the lawn. We want to have a lawn service in. When we buy a house, we want to have it all looked after, a maintenance crew to come in there. What makes a gardener, someone appreciate the outdoors, is somebody who actually plants something, nurtures something. They may lose one. They may gain one. But somebody who works the soil with their hands has far more affinity with those life processes than anything else. Because you're invested in it. You're invested in it, yeah. You're a part of it. You're not... Uh, putting on a show for people its your no, work I love doesn't matter if you're rich or if you're poor in England they tend to have a better stratification of that they, everybody does it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor to dig a hole in the ground and plant something is good dude Here you speak like, oh, of I'm my gonna, language I'm gonna you know soil my hands doing that you know, but if you don't do it and you don't see that thing go along that plant develop over the years you miss it. This is why I love you, Paul.
0: And I'm <laughs> keep, not just saying that.
1: Keep your that. distance, Joe. I'm <laughs> no, ready with that bell. Man. I'm ready that bell. bell.
0: No, <laughs> yeah. but, but, but I have guys my age, younger, just married. They have average American jobs, not making great money. And I know that they have people clean their homes. Yes. They have people cut their lawn. Yes. I'm like, I don't even... I, it's disgust inside of me, and I don't even know what to say or do. I do all my own stuff. I work two jobs, and I'm not bragging here, but... I vacuum, I clean, I dust, I clean toilets.
1: We're physical human beings. We need to work. Yes. So have somebody else do all these chores, which could be great exercise. Digging, yes! cutting, whatever. Fantastic exercise. Yes. My GP told me the two healthiest people he meets are gardeners and farmers. Not so many yes! farmers around now because they do. They work all the time. As soon as you stop working, if you're 60, you're a little bit overweight, and you stop moving, it's a disaster. It's well, a downhill run.
0: They feel like they can't work around the house yeah. like you're suggesting because they have to go golfing. Yeah.
1: <laughs> They have to sit on the court. Yeah, it doesn't make to the ball. sense, not dude. Not really exercise.
0: It doesn't make you know, just, sense. In
1: fact, i always say, you know, often I, when I do one of my talks, is I say, you know, I often when I used to take my kids to sporting events, it's not the kids who should be on the court, it's all the middle-aged people in the stands, in the ble, they should be running around, and the kids should be watching them. Are we the same person? We are the same person. I hate going to watch
0: my kids when I had to do that play stuff because I want to be doing it myself. I I can't just sit there. (laughs) Oh, man. you got to be a participant in life, not an observer. Yes, absolutely. You're right on there, man. So you're 10 years older than me. What do I have to look forward in 10 years? Because you're very physical and you look great and you're thin, uh, do you
1: have any aches and pains doing all this work always or no? You look great. You feel great. Yeah, but everyone has aches and pains. But you forget about it. Once you get busy and doing things, you know, it's like um, I've got a, uh, what do you call it, uh, a week Ankle, it kind of gives away once in a while, so I put a little hmm. strap on it. But you get used to it once you strap yourself up and keep on going. It's kind of like that Monty Python scene with the knight. <laughs> oh, somebody else is down, but, you know, it's, uh, it's just, it's but no, it's just—it's just an arm. No. I can yeah. move on. I try to—I'm eat. eating much more healthily now than I ever did. So there's a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruit. Too much fruit. I'm—I'm I'm like a you know a fruit bat. I just—I buy every week maybe seven, eight pounds of apples some tangerines, some oranges. And I'm the only person in the house who eats them. So within four or five days, they're gone. So I can eat three or four Is apples right? a day, four oranges a day. I'm just terrible at that. But.
0: You can do what I do. Just get gigantic gallons of low-sodium V8 and just drink that all day <laughs> long. That's what I do. Then you don't have to stop to eat. Oh, no, I, like, I, I, li- I like the
1: texture. Oh, you, you like know, the texture. I yeah, I don't want a blended stuff. Well, um,
0: how about in uh, the next few weeks, you give up skiing, and you start mountain biking with me.
1: We're new mountain biking buddies. Are you a biker? Uh, Cracked collarbone, AC joint, (laughs) whatever. I have to be careful on that. At least when you fall on snow, it's usually soft and you slide a bit. I did actually (laughs) take – I went up to Killington and took a mountain bike course. So I'm ready. I can –
0: I'll give you the course for free. Come on. <laughs> I got to ask you this. This is the last thing. Give us some dirt on Jackie Lewandowski. You work with her every week. Come on. We say goodbye with Jackie. My dirt. lips are sealed. Come on. No, I can't talk. She's a raving <laughs> B-word. Give yeah. us something.
1: I just made that up. So as soon as I say Jackie, I get this sharp pain in the neck, and that's it. So it tells me <laughs> to say nice things. Jackie is a super She host. really is. I love her. Yeah, I'm just she's kidding. She's a fun, a fun girl to be with, Yep. Uh, what's the next show about? What's your next duty? Uh, yesterday, I made a little tree light. You know those lights that are uh, trees that are kind of have little lights along the branches? Little tiny lights,
0: tiny. yes. I have These one of my lights. Bathroom.
1: are absolutely fantastic because you can wrap them around, you can make the tree into any shape you like. So I, I've got a little do it yourself. Simple little project to do to make yourself a little baby tree.
0: And that's coming up this weekend I on uh, he, Home and back. Yeah, he was
1: there yesterday, so hopefully All he'll right. get his act together. Check out
0: this and many of his other suggestions. I thank you for coming in, Big Daddy.
1: Uh, Joe, an absolute pleasure, Oh No, you don't want to touch oh, my hand touch, because yeah. I'm
0: transmitting bronchitis, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> (laughs) Shoulder kick. All right. There it is. Elbow to elbow. Oh, I hit the bell
1: mistake.
0: (laughs) See ya. Curiosity. What are you so curious about? Everything. Mr. Curiosity.